Hey everyone, as you can see from the title, I have a very special episode planned for you today. A few weeks back, I had the pleasure of sitting down with John from Dairyland Frights to share some paranormal stories over lighthearted conversation. And today, I'm sharing one of those stories with you. Dairyland Frights is a paranormal podcast that shares ghost stories from around the Midwest. As a longtime Wisconsiner himself, John really brings these stories to life. And that's not all. He also welcomes guests onto his show as well. Be sure to give John a follow for more spooky stories. And don't forget to check out the episode we did over on his feed. Don't worry, I'll have Dairyland Frights linked in today's show notes. Finally, I wanted to insert a quick disclaimer. This episode does contain themes of violence and suicide. And as always, we will be discussing some pretty spooky stuff. So listeners' discretion is advised. Thank you for your understanding. And without further ado, let's get into today's episode. I'm Courtney Hayes, and you're listening to Haunts. Stay tuned. All right, so today we're here with John from Dairyland Frights Podcast. How are you doing? I am doing great. Thank you for having me on. Yeah. Thank you so much for being here. I'm really excited um, just to have more people on the show. And, yeah. and like I said to the listeners at home, I, we've, we've been talking a lot before this. Um, you guys just remind me so much of Chiluminati Podcast, which is like <laughs> my favorite, like one of my favorite podcasts of all time. So... I just really commend your energy and how much fun you guys have together. Yeah. Um, so do you want to tell the listeners just for their reference where we can find you online and a little bit about yourself? Yeah. So we're Dairyland Frights um, and we are a podcast that covers everything creepy, mysterious and spooky in the Midwest. Uh, and you can find us on Twitter at DairylandFrights.com, Facebook, uh, Instagram. Um, also, we're on Podbean, uh, so we're at DairylandFrightsPodbean.com. And a little bit about myself, I love the paranormal. Uh, I've loved it since I've been a little kid. It's been really fun for me to talk to other people, especially you, Courtney. <laughs> and we just, oh, Courtney and I, you. by the way, before we get on this, we shared a little couple funny stories and everything to kind of get to know mm -hmm. each other. Uh, but... You know, one of the things I always say in the Midwest, um, there's a ton of stories. I mean, a lot of people forget yeah. that. We And by the way, not that this is a serial killer podcast, but who knows? Maybe down the line. <laughs> you never know. I mean, hey, I love true crime. <laughs> we have two of the heavy hitters, Gein and Dahmer. <laughs> uh, Dahmer scares the crap out of me just as like a side note <laughs> funny stories that i've done to myself so right after that netflix documentary came out um i watched like the first few episodes and obviously i know his story well enough yeah. and to be honest like the show kind of freaked me out mm. just because if there's anything that's going to freak me out it's going to be real life people yes um not the dead so I stopped watching it, and a couple weeks later, I was like, I want to get a new pair of glasses. Order a new pair of glasses. I get them sent to Georgia. And it's, like, literally the week of my wedding. I get them sent to my, like, husband's parents' house. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And they show up in a box because it's, like, a little bit more reliable. Sure. They live in a more urban area than I do. Mm -hmm. 
And so I get them out of the box and I put them on. I show my husband. I'm like, what do you think? And he's like, you look like Jeffrey Dahmer. <laughs> and I was like, oh, no, awesome. I got aviator glasses. <laughs> uh. And he's like, he's like, oh, did you not do that on purpose? I'm like, why would I do that on purpose? Yeah. But they were on sale. And it was, that's obviously why they were on sale. No one was buying them. But I wanted a pair of all metal frame glasses. And I was like, those are really cool. Courtney, you should have read where it says, Dahmer like glasses on sale. <laughs> yeah, I know. Five I know. Friends. And then I like, we're having like all of our, like, obviously it's our wedding. So a lot of like our really close friends are coming sure. in. We have friends from out here in Montana flying in. So we yeah. pick one of them up from the airport. He watches right. or listens to a lot of true crime as well. And I'm like, hey. And he's like, those glasses are not good. That's like the first thing he says to me wedding weekend. I'm like, thanks friend. And then my maid of honor is also like, you look like Jeffrey Dahmer, man. <laughs> so now I'm, I mean, I have to wear them if I'm not wearing contacts because yeah, I need sure. to see, but yeah. Uh, so by the way, side note, side note, Courtney, for you and your husband, if you're ever in the Midwest, obviously say hi. Uh, but for in sure. Milwaukee, Wisconsin, and I'm not kidding. This is totally serious, folks. There is a Jeffrey Dahmer tour where they will take you Ooh. to the bar where he uh, got his first victim. They would take you to the area. By the way, they destroyed his apartments. Those apartments have been yeah. leveled. But they will take you there. Isn't there like a memorial there now? Um, yeah, kind of. Um, there's like, there a, like little a statue. Yeah, there's a little bit of a plaque and yeah. stuff. Also, they would take you past the chocolate factory. So the next time you eat chocolate, just remember Jeffrey Dahmer <laughs> probably packaged that. <laughs> no. <laughs> it's so gross, too, just knowing like what he ate. <laughs> Anyways, not to take this to a place. It, it, it's terrible. Um, like I said, um, the funny thing, just really quick before we get to our topic today, um, is. Bachelorette parties love taking the Jeffrey Dahmer tour. I, I have no it. idea why. You explained to me, Courtney. I believe it. Well, <laughs> true crime podcast and just, I have another, like, a male friend who doesn't understand, or didn't at the time understand why women like murder podcast. And I'm sure, like, this is, like, there are other reasons, too, but at least from my general understanding is young women are the typical target of a serial killer. Mm. Therefore, we listen for, like, the signs and, like, how to protect ourselves. Oh, sure. But also, I mean, I would have, if I went to, if I went there for my bachelorette weekend, we would have 100% done that tour just because it's interesting. <laughs> Not because I'm, like, a fan of that guy because he creeps me out like no other, but, yeah. like, him, like, Jeffrey Dahmer in specific, like, really... Yeah. Not that, like, I have, like, a favorite, but he's the one that, like scares me the most out of all of them uh, but i would still take the tour just because <laughs> i i would be interested like for my 21st birthday i was in england and we did the um oh, nice. jack the ripper tour oh, and we went sure. to all of the locations sure, sure, sure. so and that's how the first like i had ever heard not i mean i've heard of him before but like that was like the first time i heard the full story of jack the ripper mm -hmm. um my dad thought it was like a ghost tour because it was branded oh. as um haunted london and then it was like colon the jack the ripper experience so we're going through it and he's like what about the ghost and i'm like dad be quiet this is so interesting <laughs> dad shut up we're just trying to do this dad <laughs> you're ruining yeah, it dad. i mean it's what 
<laughs> he was just upset because he like knows that I love ghosts more than I would love like a serial killer kind of situation. Not that I, I mean, I listen to true crime all the time, but yeah, yeah. he was just trying to make it like a fun experience for my birthday. Yeah. And I'm like, no, this is everything and then some. And he's just like, I want to hear about the ghosts. Yeah, yeah. Um, and Ed yeah. Gein's house, which burned down, is two hours away from me. Which I plan to oh, wow. do a on-site um, investigation because they say when you go yeah. to his <clears throat> former home, you just feel dread. You feel just like nauseous. Mm-hmm. It, it's just, it's terrible. So yeah. Anyway, I mean, he's another one with just like the different memorabilia that he made. Yes. I'm sure the energy there is not is not good for sure yeah if you guys if you end up going let me know because I'd, I'd love to hear more about it um but i guess we should kind of hop into this yeah um and I'm then excited. finally just for like the listeners at home i will have all of um john's stuff linked in the show notes i meant to mention that earlier that way if you're like you know you finish listening to this you want to go check out his show i'm about to be on that as well so if you guys are interested in listening to the story he tells me for sure go check him out everything will be linked below but without further ado i have a ghost story to tell you guys <laughs> i've been like really really excited to like surprise you with these stories right. so for some context for everybody listening at home we connected probably about a week ago yes. trying to figure out how we wanted to do this mm-hmm. and i thought it would be fun instead of you know telling our personal experiences which of course we can do in the future sure. we thought it would be fun to kind of surprise each other with a topic and I went the route of hopefully you've never heard this before because I hadn't I've heard of this location in terms of like the town but I didn't I've never heard this story before and it's a town that's super close to me so um if you guys have listened to our recent like paranormal project I'm not sure if you've heard of that but it's it's a live series that I do with a few of my podcasting friends and we recently talked about Virginia City Nevada which I'm sure you've heard of it's like one of the most haunted Mm. ghost towns like in the mid-ish west but a lot of people don't know about the smaller equally spooky cousin that is Virginia City Montana oh um it's I don't want to say equally as haunted because it's so much smaller but there are a lot of ghosts there. I actually went there, I want to say, it was like three or four days ago. Mm. Um, kind of did a little investigation. Nice. You guys can check that out on Instagram. But cool. I bought a book. And it's titled Spirit Tailings. And then it says Ghost Tales from Virginia City, Butte, and Helena, which are all very old, very haunted towns in southwest and western Montana, which is kind of where I'm based. I'm not quite there. It's about, this town is about two hours away from where I live. So I came across the story while reading it and I thought it would be the perfect story to share with you guys today because it is I'm not going to lie, it's a little graphic but we've already got, we've talked about serial killers so it's fine. Okay. Um, So first a little bit of history. So Virginia City, Montana was an old mining township that was settled in the 1860s during the Montana Gold Rush. There are a lot of like mining townships here in Montana like I mentioned Butte that town is so so haunted Mm. but it's also a mining township that is now a regular town and they do ghost tours all the time but like it just goes to show that this area is just like Mm. full of ghosts and I think it's because of all of the um different minerals that lie underneath Mm -hmm. so 
At its peak, Virginia City, Montana had roughly 10,000 people flooding to the area, and by 1864, it was the largest mining territory in the state. So obviously, with the boom in population, it kind of became a breeding ground for crime Mm. and anarchy, Mm -hmm. just like every Western town was. Like, at the time, this wasn't a state. So it was just like a little, I don't want to say like a camp, but it was essentially like a hamlet. Right. That was just like in the middle of the mountains in Montana. And a lot of like negativity happened there. Um, The most notorious of the outlaws that are actually haunting this town is the Kentucky cannibal Boone Helm, which I don't know if you've heard of him. A little bit. So, okay, just as like a deep dive, not a deep dive, but like a quick segue out of this, just because this guy's crazy. He was born in Kentucky. And the way that I like to explain him to people who don't really know much about him is he maxed out his luck points in the pregame lobby. (laughs) Right? So he's like the the luckiest son of a bitch that I've ever met. That's awesome. Or not met, but like heard of. Heard of, there you go. But he's so like evil and incredibly dumb like i don't i don't know how he survived but he essentially worked his way from kentucky to montana in the wilderness and survived off of murdering and eating people which is super gross but he is actually was hanged in virginia city and buried at the top of boot hill cemetery which is just outside of town Hmm. at the top of the hill that he is buried at is exactly where our story begins it's still there to this day, and this place is obviously incredibly haunted. I don't think that his, like, bones are still there, but his, like, grave marker is. Mm. Sitting just outside of Boot Hill Cemetery, there's a rather unsuspecting neighborhood. It's like a dozen or so houses that are sitting along this dirt road mm. that lead from the town of Virginia City up about, like, I'd say maybe a quarter mile, less than a mile stretch of dirt road up to this cemetery. Okay. And there is this street called cover street um and there's like this very small house you probably wouldn't even like if you looked at it you would just say like oh it's an ordinary home but there are two specific events in its past that i'd like to share with you that have led to kind of a creepy vibe so the first brings us to the winter of 1865 i don't know if you've ever been out this way but Winter in Montana is very unforgiving, um, especially in the 1860s. (laughs) Yeah, there's no snow blowers. There's no snow plows. Yeah. Yeah. No. And (laughs) I I found out the other day that Virginia City as just like an area has like a microclimate where it's like very cold in comparison to the rest of the state, Mm -hmm. which I can't imagine because like even where I live way, like not way far away, but like, you know, two hours away. Yeah. It, it's still freezing mm. here in the wintertime. And this happened, um, mm. you know, in the dead of winter. So it was only about like a month after Anna and Martin Lyons, who are kind of main characters for this first event, moved into the house on Cover Street with their two sons, Robert and George. Um, I want to say that one of them was like 21 and the other was 12. And they, they came in on a covered wagon in like july of that year and then by january they were living in the house and kind of getting a feel for things and martin her husband was a very successful business owner in virginia city he owned a tailor shop so he was the guy to go to to buy clothes get your clothes altered get them like sure fixed if you like you know tour them working so he was busy and he was profitable um and one day in about mid-January of that year, so very beginning of the year, 
He is walking home on a very cold and snowy night right after work. And I will say that his tailor shop is not, or at least from what I saw, it's not very far from where he lived. So obviously he didn't feel the need to bring a horse or anything. He would just walk the like, you know, few blocks and then some change up the hill to his house. But on his way home on this particular evening, it's snowing. Visibility is low in mid-January, obviously just due to the solstice being like, you know, less than a month ago. So he was actually targeted and attacked and killed on his way home. And then his attackers stole all of his profits that day. So he had them in his pockets and they just like, you know, attacked him and took the money and went on their merry way. So his poor wife is obviously distraught because it's, you know, getting later, getting later. Mm -hmm. It's already dark out. The weather's not getting any better. And her husband hasn't come home. And at this point, she's like, okay, something has happened and I need to go find him before I can't get to him. But unfortunately, her initial kind of search for him due to the snowfall was unsuccessful because by the time that she decided she needed to go out and look for him, the minor snowfall that he had been walking home in had turned into a raging blizzard. Oh, Yeah, so it's, like, several feet on the ground at this point. Visibility, again, is super low. She doesn't have the means of finding him on her own. And she's got two kids at home to take care of, so she's forced to, like, just kind of abandon him, sadly. Oh, no. Yeah, I know, and it's, like, can you imagine just... Because, obviously, it's you're kind of stuck between a rock and a hard place because you've got your kids. Right. The weather Mm -hmm. is making it nearly impossible to see less than a foot in front of your face. Yes. And you know that your husband is somewhere on this road, but you can't find him. Ugh, that's the worst. And obviously she she knew, I think, by the time that she returned home that it wasn't boding well for Martin. So a couple days pass, the storm finally dissipates, and she's able to get a search party together. And within, like, the first hour of the search... They find his body just outside of town on Cover Street. Oh, he, this is this is so graphic, and I, I do apologize, like I said, but we've already talked about every serial killer under the sun at this point. So yeah. his head was kind of, I don't want to say it was like completely gone, but like they could tell the cause of death was someone, like blunt force trauma to the head. Oh, yeah? Oh. Yeah, and they she knew with his like pockets being empty that someone had stolen from him. The killers are still at large. So, you know, that's insult to injury at that point. And then she's even further upset because her husband is buried at the top of Boot Hill, which we mentioned earlier. Now, Uh from what I can tell at the time, there were like two cemeteries and Boot Hill, which is like just a stone's throw away from her house, was where all of the like outlaws were buried. The dregs of society. (laughs) Yeah. So she's like, why are you like he was an honest man? Like she was very upset Uh that he was buried there. And for good reason, because beyond the outlaws being there, this at that time, this cemetery also had a haunted reputation. So, of course it did. Let's talk about that, if you don't mind. We're going to take a quick segue. I promise we'll get to the rest of the story. But just for some context of what you might see at the top of Boot Hill, include shadow figures, like spectral orbs and unexplainable lights. Um, this wasn't obviously wasn't at the time, but there's a merch stand to like buy like like a gift shop essentially. That's, <laughs> That's like at the bottom hilarious. of Boot Hill. I know. I I went in there the other day. I didn't realize like what it was because it was called like 
Boot Hill like general store or something like that. And I just thought that they took the name from yeah. like the, the hill that's like just behind the store. Mm-hmm. So I just kind of like, oh, cool. Like, let's go in here. I will say the shop itself is super creepy. Half of it is like you can buy like crystals and stuff, which, you know, yeah, yeah. that's cool to me. Oh. But the other half is just like a random hodgepodge of like, yeah, yeah. I, like hiking clothes and then like t-shirts for like the cemetery. Um, but the whole thing and is just like very. Jerky. Yeah. I like, bet you that's beef jerky. <laughs> yeah. They, I mean, they had like. I don't these like I don't know if you know what fit kicks are, but they're like water shoes. Yeah, yeah. But they also had like like Sherpa on the inside. So they were selling like slippers, but they were also selling like snacks and then they were selling minerals like crystals and stuff like that. It was a very yeah. like hodgepodge kind of situation. And right. I will say too, not to like bash this gift shop because the woman in there was very nice. Sure. And I, I would have bought crystals from her if I had like the time to look, but yeah. It was just really like dark in there, um, even with the lights on. Um, you mm. could tell it was a super old building and they did what they could to like remodel it, but with this area being a historic site, right. there wasn't much they yeah. can do. So it's it looks as haunted as it is, to to put it bluntly, but the merch like merchandise and stuff at this store will constantly go missing after closing hours. So for a while, they were thinking, like, someone's stealing from us. And then yeah, they realized, like, busted. oh, it's probably the fact that, like, we named our store and sell merchandise for Boot Hill, which is just, like, haunted right. as all hell behind us. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah a, lot of, a lot of stuff apparently goes missing. And like I said, like, the shop itself, the woman is super nice and they seem relatively successful. And it's just, like, your generic gift shop. But when you walk in, you're like, whoa, this is not yeah, what I was expecting right, yeah. in terms of an atmosphere. Um, another notable spirit, or probably the most notable spirit, I should say, is that of Billy Clayton. Um, he's buried up on mm. Boot Hill. I couldn't find much about like his story, and I didn't want to get off too much on a tangent here. Mm-hmm. But he supposedly raises from his grave every single night. And so if you go up there past um, like sundown, you're supposed to be able to see his like silhouette standing behind oh. his grave. Which I think is cool. super cool. <laughs> I've never been yeah. there at night, and apparently you can t- like take a bunch like people who take pictures there have yeah experiences where they'll catch somebody behind them that isn't actually there. Um, I've never had that experience before, but I'll definitely be like keeping an eye out for the next time that I go. Mm-hmm. But yeah, mm-hmm. if you go mm-hmm. there after dark, apparently you can see his like silhouette standing nice. behind his grave. Um, which is also kind of going back to the shadow figures that I mentioned at the beginning. Yeah, yeah. He's probably the one that they're attributing that to, but they believe that to be Billy Clayton because he's standing like right next to his grave or close by kind of pacing. So that's interesting. If you ever want to go there, uh, do let me know because I'd love to see it at night. (laughs) Yes, please. Love to see some pictures. Yeah, I mean, I just feel like I've, I've had experiences where I've seen like shadow figures and stuff like that. But you never know who it is, and with with it being somebody who they're like one hundred percent sure, like this is him. I'd love to yeah. go and see that, but we'll see. Uh, to Courtney, me, can saying... I do a? Yeah, oh, go ahead. Go ahead. No, I was just gonna say public service announcement from Haunts and Dairyland Frights. Don't take a Ouija board up there. Oh yeah, <laughs> don't do that. Do not do that. <laughs> yeah, we had a. Do you want to tell that story really quick? Do we have a second to kind of okay. segue out of it? If you're okay with it, yeah. Yeah. So, um, 
one of my employees, uh, when I was a, a manager, um, she took some of her friends to a cemetery. They had a Ouija board. Things went crazy. They forgot to close it and say goodbye. And yeah. when she asked for my help, I told her what she needed to do. And so when she went back, the groundskeeper had ran over it with his lawnmower and it yeah. was completely destroyed. In the meantime, they are having these weird like dreams and terrible things are like happening to them and they're seeing shadow people. And the, the mom of the girl who did this came to my store to ask me what they could do, which I told them, go get a new Ouija board, go to mm -hmm. the cemetery, say goodbye. <laughs> and yeah. Just end it. And then everything went fine after that, according to them. They did not have any uh, other issues um, that mm -hmm. they brought up. But the moral of the story is, don't do that. <laughs> and you don't want shadow people ha having, going around and everything, uh, right. haunting you. Um, you may think it's cool. It's not cool. <laughs> no. Uh, and remember to press goodbye. And, yeah, for uh, sure. you know, that, that to me, it's just freaky. So. Yeah, especially if you're taking it to such an active cemetery. Um, I mentioned this to you before we started, and I know I've mentioned it to my listeners in passing. But, like, cemeteries, as, like, a general rule of thumb, usually are the most haunted places because that's where people go to rest. And if they're going to haunt something, it'll be something that's significant to them during life. Absolutely. However, um, this is also a location where people, unfortunately, were hanged. So, obviously, that's right. a significant moment of your life, and it is... Yeah. haunted like i said as all hell so i'm i'm assuming taking a ouija board there would be yeah. an invitation for Bad. some really nasty experiences so yeah don't do that <laughs> yes and i mean and if you do choose to play with a ouija board just say goodbye and like know the rules and know what you're doing because Correct. all equipment and all spiritual like tools that you can use to communicate with the other side are going to have the same sort of invitation attached so just know what you're doing before you go into it otherwise you might be Absolutely. you know inviting something into your life that you do not want there but correct thank you for the public service announcement i appreciate that yes we did our good deed for today court we did now we can talk <laughs> about some not so happy stuff um so due to the like haunted reputation that boot hill has even back then a lot of the loved ones of people who were buried there decided that they wanted to exhume their loved ones' bodies and move them to the other cemetery, which is at the bottom of the, the same hill. So it's not too far away, but they just didn't want their family members there with these, like, really awful people. Because most of them were, like, murderers or, like, even, like, just, like, thieves. But they just people with these like nefarious um reputations they didn't want their like quote-unquote respectable people like their respectable loved ones to be buried in close quarters sadly this wasn't possible for martin lyons because for whatever reason they had him buried in an unmarked grave and his whereabouts in terms of the grave site are still unknown so like we know he's up there but we don't know exactly where Ugh. what makes me sad about this is you can drive up yeah to it and then it's kind of like a roundabout situation to the five outlaws where their bodies have been for the most part exhumed 
um, and like their gravestones are up there. So you can drive around just the headstones. Yeah. But like somewhere up there, there are still people buried that were, because a lot of people were buried in unmarked graves. I even think at the time, those five outlaws were buried in unmarked graves. So obviously, like, you can see why, like, why Anna was upset that her husband was up there. Oh, yeah. You know what I mean? Like, number one, we don't really, like, it's easy to lose track of where he was, especially because she lived for another 30 years after the fact. So it's easy to lose track. Then we're moving graves of other people. So who knows if he was, like, taken partially from there, assuming he was part of somebody else's grave site. Mm-hmm. And it's also a very small, like, very, very small cemetery. So I just, I, I can see why she was so angry about it. But she, yeah, she, I, I guess, decided she wanted to stay in that house until she passed away, which makes sense she's at least close to her husband there wherever his body may have ended up after the fact we don't know but at least i think in her heart of hearts she knew like this is where he was most in his life and this is where i can be close to him in his death so she stayed there for the remainder of her life until she passed away in 1896 so like i said another like 30 years after this fact she kind of muddled through i want to say that she was like working as like kind of like a housemaid for another family in town sure um and that's kind of how she made her keep did she ever get remarried no remarried Mm -mm. her sons grew up like obviously there was i want to say it was george was the older one he was already you know 21 years old but the other one was a great deal younger but they both ended up getting married Mm. and actually leaving montana and she was utterly alone for the rest of her life oh no I know, I know. But she remained there for, for, you know, like I said, another three decades. And her kids didn't stay, (laughs) which is so sad. Where are you guys going? I lost my husband and I don't know know where he is. Uh, See you, Mom. Like, I'm actually married now, so I'm leaving. (laughs) Yeah, I gotta go. I got, yeah, Yeah. (laughs) I've got stuff to do in California. Um. Yeah, Which I, I think they that's where they ended up going. Um, I want to say that the book said they went like further west, mm. and there isn't much okay. more west than sure. California. But then California, yeah. Good. So Good. don't quote me on that. But that was my understanding is that they went westward even sure. further in search of their own like destiny with their families. Yeah. But she remained, um, passed away in 1896, and then things were kind of uneventful for the next few years. Until another family moved in and another tragedy occurred. So, of course. And this is where, kind of, in my opinion, this is where the ghosts kind of come in. But it was 1905, so actually a decent amount of time, like 10 years later, when Amanda and Frank McKean moved into what is now known as the Anna Lyons House. So you can look all of this, like, up online, but it's under the Anna Lyons House. And I will say it's this very, like, you wouldn't think that it was haunted by looking at it. You really wouldn't. Like, oh. Oh. But it has okay. such a tragic history, and as we we're about to see, history kind of repeats itself here. So Frank, like Martin, was very successful, um, especially in the town of Virginia City. By the time that they moved in, he had taken over the town's prized Fairweather Inn, and that was like in the 1890s um, when he took that over. So with the money that he made from that, he was able to buy this property and he and his wife moved in there okay um they actually also opened up a bar that was in 
the fair weather in itself, and I think that's where he made the majority of his, like, money. But with the Prohibition, obviously that was shut down. And then I think that was in 1819, or 1918. Mm. Yeah, 1918. Yeah. And he, like, they shut him down in 1918. He passed away a year later. And Amanda was kind of left in a similar position as Anna had been. So I guess she could have, like, worked, but at the time that wasn't obviously the norm for for young women right so she unfortunately took a different route um this is i i will say this is where things get like really kind of graphic and i do apologize but i think me explaining it in this way shows you exactly sure what we're dealing with in terms of a spirit so i'm going to to share this um she took matters into her own hands and the following is an excerpt from an article that was published in the Madisonian. So, like, this took place in Madison County. Um, okay. This was published on March 30th, 1923. So. Neighbors were shocked Wednesday morning upon discovering Mrs. Amanda McKean, who had committed suicide by shooting. It was evident oh. that she had been... I know. It was evident that she had been in unsound mental condition for some time. So, this, like I said, it happened, like, several years passed so like 1923 and he passed away in 1918 so she had been for that whole period just not very well in terms of her mental health which is really sad so on tuesday she went to butte supposedly for the sole purpose of purchasing a revolver returning wednesday morning she went immediately to her home entered the bathroom placed the muzzle of the gun in her mouth and forced a shot upward into her brain so that was a quote like i said from the madisonian um, and I do apologize if that was like a little, you know, brought us to a really sad place. But like I said, I think that kind of goes to show sure. just what like the kind of heartbreak that this spirit has. So yeah. over a century after this tragedy takes place, a woman by the name of Lucille moves into the Anna Lyons house. And she had some fairly, let's say, um, wild complaints about the house's bathroom <laughs> okay um i couldn't tell i heard different reports of it being on the first floor and on the second floor um so i'm not entirely sure what to me this looks like a one-story house so i'm sure it's probably just on the main level but either way she would complain to her neighbors kind of about the situation going on in her bathroom um apparently on the regular occasion she would see the apparition of a woman Wow. who is just, like, covered in blood from head to toe. Oh. I know. That's why I wanted to read you that. Like, I know it's, like, a really dark place to take <laughs> this, but, like, it, like this spirit has to be Amanda, just based off yeah, of the description right, right, of what right. Lucille was saying, because she was covered from, or with blood from head to toe, and then she would, like, appear for a couple of seconds, and then right in front of Lucille's eyes, she would disappear. And Oh, no. She, this woman's like freaking out for obvious reasons because like even seeing a spirit in general is like kind of jarring especially if you're not used to it yeah and you then know, you're brushing your teeth right you're brushing your teeth you're getting ready for the morning you're yeah. doing your hair and it's like Wah! Yeah, I know and like can you imagine if you're like sitting like in your like in your bathroom like you said brushing your teeth and you're looking in the mirror and then this woman yeah, you're like so... just flashes behind you covered in blood ah! like oh my god I would freak out oh. I mean, and oh. it, when I was reading this yesterday because I did I read was reading this um, 
yesterday and like doing like my research and stuff like that and i was just thinking about my bathroom which like i just hated in there for some reason like and and we have one of those like open and closed kind of um, medicine cabinets and so i'm always terrified like when i open it because that's where i keep like my toothbrush and toothpaste and stuff i'm always worried that i'm gonna see someone behind me when i close the door you know what i mean it's a jump scare yeah Yeah. jump scare and it reminded me of the shining (laughs) oh right I mean, obviously that woman wasn't like covered in blood in the in the books or anything like no. that. But like, when I was yeah. reading it, like, ooh, Bad that freaks me oh, out. Oh, I hate that. And the title of this story in this book that I have, which I will also try to link in the show notes. I don't know if it's anywhere online because I bought this in like a little shop in in Virginia City. No. But um, yeah, sure. this is titled "The Body in the Bathtub," <laughs> which the title really intrigued me. Um, <laughs> I didn't realize what, what I was doing. Yeah, I love that. I love that. Yeah. I mean, I, I thought it was, I don't know, because we talked about it the night before of like, let's like surprise each other with our stories. So I went there with yeah. the sole intention of finding a book and finding a, um like a story that was local because I'm like, I have to, I want to tell people about this place because I feel like it's lesser known than its um oh, right. cousin, I, um, obviously. Yeah. Uh-huh. So like I said, she would kind of start to, Lucille, she would tell her neighbors and members of the community like what she was experiencing because she lived there alone um, and she was obviously super freaked out as any of us would be with like the woman appearing in the mirror or in front of her like while oh, she's yeah. like bathing or something like I would freak out Oh, yeah yeah she looked to her community for comfort and um, sadly which I thought was like super messed up um, a lot of the people in the town at the time didn't believe her And they started calling her, quote, Loose Wheel instead of Lucille, (laughs) which I was like, that is so mean. I mean, I heard like based off of this book, it seems that they still like had a very like fond um, kind of perspective when it came to Lucille. But yeah, they thought she was a little bit out there because of what she was complaining about. And I mean, I think that she was a little bit older in years so maybe they thought like oh, sure you know there was some like correct yeah. deterioration sadly like dementia some we call it yeah yeah and they and i think they humored her but no one really took her seriously and behind her back they would yeah. call her loose wheel which is mean but oh no that all changed when um all right yeah <laughs> when a man named tim gordon bought the property from lucille as she got a little bit older and he moves in, and shortly after, he starts having a similar experience. He'd go into the bathroom, he'd be, you know, going about whatever he needs to do, brushing his teeth, getting ready for the day, yeah. washing his face. Uh-huh. And this woman, covered in blood from head to toe, would appear in front of him. <laughs> he'd, like, see her, and then she would just disappear right in front of his eyes. And yeah. that, in that moment, he's like, okay, so she was telling the truth. There is something here. Yeah. Right. And at the time... Because for this happened in, like, I want to say, for Lucille, she moved in in the 40s and, like, grew older there. And then Tim bought this property from her in the 1980s. So by then, with record keeping, there isn't a lot going on in terms of, like, what what happened to the house's history. So no one knew about the two tragedies that happened during the 1860s and early 1900s. So he starts digging through the records of this property 
finds Amanda's story and finds Anna's story and he's like so this is obviously the spirit's obviously one of these two women most likely Amanda based off of the description um so that being said like Amanda as tragic as her story was and even Anna's but Amanda let's just say isn't alone in her afterlife like she's the only spirit I believe that's at the Anna Lyons house I don't think Anna's also there or at least I couldn't find any record of Anna's spirit being there. But Amanda, like I said, she and her husband owned the Fairweather Inn that was down in town. And again, this wasn't very far away from like the house on Cover Street. So there are spirits there. And I believe, I I have no like evidence of this just from my own like understanding. I think that she goes back and forth. Um, so I'm going to oh, tell you. wow. Yeah. I think she kind of comes there. Teleportation. And then also goes to the Fairweather Inn because there are spirits there that kind of remind me of her. Um, so to end this, I kind of want to tell you about the activity that occurs there. So, and it's not just her. There's like a lot of, a lot of ghosts in the Fairweather Inn. Mm. The first being the spirits of children. Um, that like to play specifically on like the first floor with like the guests when they're checking in their children. So if they see kids coming in with their parents to check in to the the inn, they'll go to the lobby level and play with them while they're checking in and the parents will turn around and see that their kid is talking to thin air. Um, yeah, right. Which is terrifying to me. <laughs> I hate, I hate, I don't know terrifying. about you, but like I hate ghost kids. I something about him freaks me out. Oh, that's hilarious. And like I don't I know I've said this a lot like in terms of this creeps me out this that creeps me out but like not a lot like truly scares me in terms of the spirit world but So, Courtney, this is this is hilarious because if I ever had a ghost child because I don't know if you've heard stories where uh, people hear like a ball bouncing against the mm-hmm. wall and it's like a little kid who died whenever and now he bounces his ball against the wall. I don't know if you ever hear stories like that so you're trying to sleep in here. Yeah. And look at so what's hilarious about me which I want this to happen someday. So I'm a dad. I have two kids. I would love to be just scream hey you stupid kid stop bouncing the ball. (laughs) That's kind of dad I am. That's the kind yeah. of like I wouldn't be I wouldn't be scared of the child. I'd be like, "Will you shut up?" <laughs> yeah, just and, be like a parent and, to him as well. Yeah, exactly, be like a dad. Like when my kids were little, when they would like be up and they'd be like in the other room playing with Legos mm-hmm. or something. I'd always be, "Will you shut up?" <laughs> I'm trying to sleep. Yeah, that's the that would be me. My dad would always <laughs> tell me when I was a kid, like playing upstairs, like if I have you know a friend stay over or something like that. He would always call me and tell me that I sounded like a herd of elephants. <laughs> so, so exactly yeah, that, right. Just like quiet so down. So dads are <laughs> yeah, that's yeah. Awesome. right. So I should be terrified, Courtney. I should be absolutely terrified. There's a ghost kid, right? But I just go into mm-hmm. dad mode to be like, "Will you shut up?" I mean, especially if it's like something that's in your in your everyday like routine. Like I have a friend, um, mm-hmm. the same friend that I was telling you about earlier, who had the weird poltergeist issue when she was a kid. Yo, right. her aunt lives in like the butt crack of Louisiana, just outside of New Orleans, and she she <laughs> plays parent to a ghost child that is at like her. Oh, yeah. No. 
and this kid, he'll, like, take, um, like, toys off of the shelf, and she'll come in in the morning and see that he has taken his toys out. She's purchased them just for him. Um, and I, I, I mean, that's a way to approach it, for sure. But something about... I, I agree. I like, agree. in terms of just, like, treating them like you are their parent. You know what I mean? Kind of like with you saying, like, quiet down, like, sure. I'm trying to sleep. Yeah. Whereas with me, I'm like, oh, God, I'm terrified. Yeah. <laughs> Not mainly just because I've, I've come across so many stories of people saying that, like, there is a spirit here that pretends to be a kid, that it's actually a demon. Yep. And I, I just can't trust them. If I know for sure it's a kid, yep. I'm like, sure, go off. Go play. Yeah, exactly. But maybe not if yeah. I don't know who you are. Right. Yeah, if it's a cute little girl... And she's saying, hi, Courtney, would you like to play with me? Mm -hmm. Hi, demon. So the way that you're saying, saying, like, describing it, <laughs> I just picture the Sally House, um, which is another Midwest story. But... Sally mm -hmm. House. Have you ever been there? Yes. I, I got to cover that sometimes. Um, no. Um, funny thing about it is they, they know. So if you go online and look at it and nothing against the Sally House, because they got to make their money, right? Mm-hmm. It can be anywhere from five hundred to fifteen hundred dollars yeah. a night, and it's definitely like. So I'm like, I can get a. It's yeah. it's so expensive. I so, I live obviously up here in Montana, but I'm from Georgia, like I said, um, and we drive back and forth. We go sometimes, depending on the route that Maps is saying is the best option, we'll go right through Atchison, Kansas. So I've driven by there so many times, but. Like you said, it's yeah. so hard to get it, like to get an investigation there, which is why I've don't investigate Correct. as much as I'd like to and Thank kind of you. do more of like the paranormal research, simply because that hobby is so expensive. Yeah, it's so expensive. Very expensive, and, and frankly, you would need a group. So frankly, it would be like you got to get like you know, um, maybe two or three, four people. Like one's over here, one's <laughs> over there, and you know what I'm saying. You can, Doing it by yourself would be, uh, I don't know, boring and be really yeah. difficult because, you know, you'd be running around if you hear a noise, right? You heard a noise upstairs, you're running upstairs. You hear a noise downstairs, yeah. you're running downstairs. I mean, it's exhausting. You really, it's a workout. <laughs> like, to run, like, up and down and all around the house. And yeah. if you're doing it by yourself, too. Yeah, you'd be like, stupid it's ghost. Like, <laughs> well, it's going to do that. It's yeah, going right. to, like, almost make fun, especially if it, it is, is a negative entity, which I personally believe it is mm. it's going to like make you run all around the house it's Absolutely. not going to just have activity in the room that you're in out of convenience it's not going to do that oh no it's yeah it's going to mess with you yeah absolutely so a hotel staff will also complain of like feelings of uneasiness down in the basement near the laundry room which i found very yeah, yeah, I, intriguing because they say obviously running water gives them energy um, and I'm assuming there's running water down there. Oh, right. With right, all right, of, like, right. the pipes and everything going to the, like, the laundry yeah. room. So, I, I mean, yeah. I believe them when they say that, that it's probably uh -huh. a very active area. But they, they specifically say when they're down there doing laundry, getting sheets for, you know, guest rooms and stuff like that, they're just always, like, on edge. Um, which I couldn't find any sort of, like, mm. concrete, like we see this, we hear this, blah, blah, blah. They're just constantly, like, at a higher level of anxiety. Sure. Um, and then there's the most haunted room, which is room number 10. And apparently guests will just, like, run out in the middle of the night with no, you know, they'll, I guess, check out by phone, but they'll, like, dip. 
in their underwear. Yeah, yeah they're like, I just based off of the activity in there, um, which apparently it's doors and drawers and just like furniture kind of moving or shutting on its own. Um, and then the thing that I'm sure gets a lot of people like moving is disembodied whispering from around the room. So can you imagine, like, just in the dark, you're sleeping. Ooh, it's like an old... Yeah, that's... But it's, like, a very cute bed and breakfast, I will say that. Um, but it's, like... No. Yeah, I posted pictures of it on Instagram if anyone's interested in going to see it. But it's, like, it's a really just cute... It looks like a house. Nice. Um, but it's got, like, a porch with those, like, big columns in the front. And, it, I mean, you can tell, like, when you're looking at it, you're like, this is haunted, for oh, sure. Right. But... It's, like, really pretty. So it's, like, you're in your room. <laughs> and it's, like, one of, like, the nicer, like, suites. And you're getting into bed. Mm-hmm. It's dark. Um, the town is super quiet. And you just hear, like, hey. You know what I mean? Like, you're, like, oh, right. I would I would jump oh. out of my skin. <laughs> and then I'd probably Chills. investigate knowing me. But, like, most people would probably run for the hills. Um, right. So, yeah. And then they'll check out, yeah, yeah. like, by phone. Like, they don't want to have anything to do with the fair weather in after this activity starts happening overnight while they're trying to sleep. Um, and then on top of that, and this is kind of where I feel like our spirit of Amanda comes back. Guests will often report seeing a woman in like period clothing sashaying down the hallways. So like they'll see, like hear her dress and like footsteps and then they'll like look out of their room and they'll see this like beautiful woman walking down the hallway and then kind of just evaporating as she gets to the end of the hall. Mm -hmm. So to me, that makes sense Mm -hmm. for her. She's not covered in blood, blood. but I'm wondering if like that is like the same spirit. Again, I I have no evidence of this. It was just my own theory, but either way, she does have a connection to this hotel because she owned it with her husband for like maybe 20 years. Um, and they're the ones who made it what it is today. Oh, sure. And just in case you're wondering, the bar is open again. Yeah. And if you want to go and stay there, it's um, it's pretty easy to get a room. I think you can just like literally like show up and check in. But you don't check out. Yeah, <laughs> for real. Kidding. It's the Hotel California, actually. Um, <laughs> <laughs> it's not there. But California. yeah. So. <laughs> uh, so really quickly, Courtney, um, for our guests, I don't know if you ever explained this. I explained this to um, on Dairyland Frights. There's two different types of haunting. There's an intelligent mm-hmm. haunting, which involves like movement, maybe someone speaking to you, maybe uh, writing even. And then there's residual haunting, mm-hmm. where it's this—it's like a movie, like it's like it's playing it over and over again, at nine o'clock, and over and over mm-hmm. and over and over. It's the same thing over and over. Um, I'm sure our your uh, fans and supporters are super smart and know this. But I always mm-hmm. remind people of that because there's a there's a huge difference, and being right. that this ghost uh, Amanda can uh, teleport, kind of, you know, being at her uh, hotel, mm-hmm. then maybe being at her house, maybe being other places. I mean, that's that's an unusual one because that kind of fits in a different category. That I'm not sure what that category is, but it's kind of a combination of intelligent uh, versus yeah. residual. Um, so it's that it's interesting. Yeah. Okay, Courtney, be honest with me. Intelligent uh-huh. haunting, would you rather have, or residual haunting? Which one would you? Um. Mm, I feel like intelligent. Even though that can open, that can be okay. obviously a little, a little bit more dangerous. But if it's yes. if there's something there, 
like in my house, I would prefer to be able to kind of communicate with it and maybe help it pass on versus mm-hmm. just watching somebody go through their day-to-day yeah, routine. Yeah. And I'm glad you brought that up. I don't think I've ever, I'm, I'm sure most people have, like if they're listening to this sort of content, they know, but I don't think I've ever explained that on the podcast before the differences between these types of spirits. Um, yeah. But yeah, I don't, I feel like I would rather it be intelligent. That might be an unpopular opinion, but. <laughs> That's, no, I love that. I, yeah. I actually agree with you because residual haunting, God, that would be so boring, right? Let's say yeah. I've heard stories <laughs> where like um, people like, there was like a little girl I heard this ghost story where she sets the table at six o'clock every day. So these people would tell, you know, say like, okay you know when they were selling their house um and i I think it was in iowa and they were selling their house and then at six o'clock while they were talking to the potential buyers they heard like you know the cabinets opening and you know somebody's Mm. setting the table right the plates and the people were like who were buying the house go oh so do you have kids and they were like sort of the owners were like sort of and they were like sort of (laughs) what the hell do you mean what does that that mean and yeah, so supposedly the prospective buyers went out into the kitchen because the owner said, well, we'll show you because it's going to come. And they showed them and they could see the plates like <gasps> moving through the air, landing on the table, the fork moving through the air, landing on the table. No the way. Moving. Yes. And I they, would buy that house so quick. Know, <laughs> I'd oh, be so, so excited. I. I hate setting for dinner. <laughs> I know. I'm like, great. Like we got these like... They're doing their chores. <laughs> That's awesome. I I don't. I mean, and it was every time like like clockwork at the same Six time. Six o'clock, day. bam, 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 right on the nose. How many? I wonder how many, like place settings they, like set out. Was it enough for everybody? Yes, according to the owners, uh, I think it was four or six, but it was oh, nice. always an even number. It was always an even number. That's awesome. Because then, uh, yeah, I would buy it so fast. One less chore that I have to do. It'd be cool if they would also, like, take them and then, like, wash the dishes. Because that's my least favorite part of dinner. Absolutely. Put it in yeah. the dishwasher, ghost. Come on. So. Yeah. I mean, that's still really cool, though. I mean, again, that might be an unpopular opinion. And this obviously is a residual haunting. But, like, it just sounds like you have, like, a little friend helping you at dinner time. And you can always use another Absolutely. pair of hands in the kitchen. So yeah, yeah. So that one isn't that one isn't too bad. But like after a while, if someone's like I said, bouncing a ball, mm-hmm. like at one o'clock every morning, you got to go to work the next morning. You're like, will you shut up? <laughs> you know, yeah. That's where you're like, come on. Yeah, and I feel like because um, like you said, it sounds like Amanda at least at the Anna Lyons house um, is residual. And, and like I said, this other spirit could just be a completely different spirit. Um, but in my mind, having a residual haunting that appears to you like that, or let's say something that like stands at the foot of your bed every night oh. from like 2 to 3 a.m. Yeah. That in and of itself is very eerie. Yes. So like, yeah, if it's just taking plates out and yeah. putting it on the table, right. that's way better than like, some, like an annoying inconvenience right. of like a noise that didn't like you know yeah slamming a door something right yeah. or like locking you out i've experienced that before where something will like lock me out of my house oh. i'm like great thank you 
wonderful. Oh, that's cool. Well, it's not mm. cool, but it's that sounds cool to me. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, I mean, whatever is here, I I so at the time of recording this, I have an episode going live tonight where I kind of talk more about my personal experiences with um, oh, another nice. friend, like podcast friend of mine. Um, nice. But and for those of you who are listening now, you can. It's the episode that went live on um, Monday, six twenty six, or the twenty fifth, depending on where you are in the world. But um, yeah, so so there's something here. We don't really know where it came from, but on a few occasions, it's locked like myself or my husband out, um, and I. <laughs> And then we have to, like, climb through the window or something like that um, to get back inside. I'll check that out. Usually it only happens, like, like, I had it happen to me one time where, um, because I work remotely, so I went outside to get on a meeting so that my dog wasn't, like, freaking out um, in in the background of this because it was kind of, like, an important call. Um, And then I go to go back inside and my door is locked. And I'm like, good, no one's home. So I ended right. up having to like. Thanks a lot. Yeah, I ended up having to put like everything back in my car, like my like you know computer and stuff like that, back in the car because that's where I took the call. And then I climbed through into our um, laundry room window because it opens. <laughs> um, there's no like screen there, and it opens like for like I can okay. push it open from the outside. So I ended up yeah. climbing in through that and then unlocked the oh, door boy. and went and got my stuff, came back, and thankfully it didn't happen again. But I was just like seriously yeah. like. The dog is in the kennel. Sure. So, sure. yeah. Bonus ghost story oh, <laughs> for you. That's cool. I will check that out. I love stuff like that. Well, I don't love it for you, Courtney. I'm, I, it's yeah, not like I'm but... being mean to you, but I I'm, I, I think that's really cool because you know, I've read a lot of stories like that where people get like locked out of their house and they're mm-hmm. like, oh, come on. You know, it's, it's just a minor annoyance. Yeah, a minor inconvenience. And it. it yeah. I'm not... I mean, I wish it wouldn't do that. I, I, I have to say that. But yeah. I'm not mad that, you know, I have the story to share with you by any means. And I don't, I mean, if anyone's no. going to have a haunted house, it may as well be someone who's interested in it. Interest in paranormal. Right? Yeah. yeah. Uh, and I don't know. I mean, when we bought it, it wasn't made apparent to us. But, like, the more that I live here and go about my day-to-day routine, I'm like, there's certainly something here that is mm. hanging out in the background um and that's fine unless it's like evil yeah you're not feeling like dread you're not feeling like uneasiness um there's there's stuff that happens here that i don't necessarily like but i don't i don't want to say that it's like genuinely like evil at least not right now but i i haven't really investigated it much and i don't know if i'm comfortable doing that so the jury's still out there (laughs) okay yeah okay Stay tuned. I'm excited. Yeah, stay tuned. I'll keep you guys in the loop for sure. Please, <laughs> well, I please. guess that was all of my story. Um, nice. So, unless you have anything to add, I'd say we hop into your your show. And like I said, listeners, you can catch another conversation that we have over on John's podcast, Dairyland Frights, which will be in the show notes. And it's already live by the time that you're listening to this. So definitely go check it out. Thank you, Courtney. I yeah. love that story because it's super interesting to me. When, you, when you're when you not covering the big boys, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like Amityville. You know, I know we've covered Which we do from time to time for sure. But Right, right. But sometimes it's nice to go off the beaten pa- paranormal path, as they say, right? And, right. And share something that's pretty cool. So 
Well, thank I love you. Your, I love your show. Please check Courtney all her out Instagram. Where else are where can we find you? I'm on so yeah, Instagram at Hauntscast. I just started a Twitter if you guys want to check it out. That's nice. also at Hauntscast. Um, and then obviously my website is hauntscast.com. Um, and that's where you can find the show notes for today's episode if you're like, where is that? How do I find John? How do I find the book you're talking yeah. about or like your information about the story itself? All of that will be included in the show notes at hauntscast.com. Um, so that's probably the best way to stay up to date on what's going on with the show. And then before that, we end this, will yeah. you remind the listeners where we can find you? Yeah. So again, you can find us at Dairyland Frights uh, on Facebook, uh, Instagram, and Twitter. And then also we are on um, Dairyland Frights Podbean.com. So those are, oh, I'm sorry. We're also on YouTube. I always forget because YouTube's <laughs> been doing these podcasting things and it's kind of messed up, but we're also on YouTube. So YouTube, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, podbean.com, Dairyland Frights. So awesome. Awesome. Thank you so much. This yeah. has been awesome. I love it. I had so much fun and hopefully we can do it again in the future. Yes. But for now, go and check out our episode over on Dairyland Frights. And thank you so much for being here. I appreciate it. Thank you, everyone. This episode of Haunts was written and produced by me, Courtney Hayes, in collaboration with Dairyland Frights Podcast. If you've been enjoying the show so far, I would greatly appreciate it if you could leave us a review. A lot of work goes into each episode, and supporting the show in this way really helps us reach more listeners each week. It's entirely free and takes about 30 seconds, and it would genuinely mean the world to me. Also, if you're interested in learning more about today's topic, I greatly encourage you to check out the show notes section on our website at hauntscast.com. This is the location where I share my sources and provide any visual aid that may be referenced during the show. Finally, I would love to connect with you online. You can find me on Instagram at hauntscast, or you can join our email list for updates about the show. Thank you again for listening, and until next time, happy haunting. <laughs>